1: Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast. Guys, if you are not following us on, on any of the social media platforms, Instagram or Facebook, please do. Uh, we put you know, put a bunch of information out there. We'll give you a heads up of what our shows are gonna be weekly. And uh, it's just a great place to uh, to network and, and kinda figure out who's listening. Uh, I've had a lot of listeners reach out through those and I love that and I, I'd love to uh, get some listeners on our show and talking about their experiences and stuff like that and that would be the, the place to connect with me. So at Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast and you can find us. Um, <laughs> it's got a bittersweet shooting your buck this early um, because now it's like Uh, you're getting into that time that you think about all year long, the end of October into November. I mean, I always like that week, uh, the the last week of October. I've just seen a lot of deer that time. I don't actually know if I've ever shot – I think I might have shot one buck in my life the last week of October. But, like, I always have it in my mind, like, that's my favorite time to be, even though I haven't killed as near as many. I've killed more in earlier October. But every time you shoot a buck in – the beginning of the season or the first half of the season it's kind of like bittersweet cuz i am just thinking like i I'd, I'd love to be out like i'd love to be hunting this stand and chasing deer in this stand and and chasing it's like the pursuit and uh yeah it's just uh it's kind of funny but i'm trying to figure out some other stuff i'm uh, going to be bear hunting this weekend a little bit and i'm hoping that i can get out uh at least one more time for bear i'm taking uh, taking some friends hunting throughout the rest of archery season and then of course we have our uh, our big rifle bear hunt coming up in a few weeks and uh, rifle bear season that's like a tradition I don't think I've ever missed it since I'm 12 years old it's been a fun time and I have a great episode lined up in a few weeks Um, coming up here we're going to be talking to all things about bear hunting talking about uh, group hunting organized drives effectively doing that uh, looking for food and finding that and it's a That was a really fun, exciting episode, and I can't wait to share that with you guys. But this week, we have another fun, exciting episode with uh, two great guests. Uh, Paul Campbell from the O2 podcast came on, and he brought on a friend of his from, I believe, the Turkey Federation, uh, Brett Barry. And these guys are, you know, I'm made up with whitetails. I think you guys, if you listen to the show regularly, know that's pretty much all I want to talk about. And uh, I feel like a lot of the people, you know, that listen to podcasts and, you know, hunting world, it's just whitetails, whitetails, whitetails. These guys are that equivalency, but with turkeys. And Paul said it before, I think he said it on the show, the month of October belongs to turkeys, which is crazy in my mind, because I don't even think about chasing turkeys until I fill my buck tag. Uh, I filled my buck tag this year, and I'm still not even really thinking about fall turkeys, but maybe we'll get there. But these guys are just ate up with with turkey hunting, and we're going to discuss something that's relatively new to the state of Pennsylvania and has been something that these guys have enjoyed for a long time, and that's fall turkey hunting with the use of dogs. And it's really, really interesting listening to these guys, how the dogs work, how they find birds how they approach the flock, and the hunt that leads in after they find a flock. And they talk about breaking up a flock and calling the flock back in and having pretty interesting hunts. I've been a part of some fall turkey hunts where we we split a flock up and called them back in, and it it can be action-packed turkeys coming from different directions, and you know, making some crazy sounds that you wouldn't hear. I mean, if you've never done it, the the, the flock noises that you can hear are, are pretty cool. So anyway, it's it's a really unique, interesting episode, all related to fall turkey hunting. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It's, it's definitely got some strategy involved with it. And, you know, a lot of you guys kind of eat that stuff up. So I'm not gonna waste any more time because this one is a little bit of a longer episode. But before we go to that, real quick, just gonna give our shout out to Little Mountain Outfitters. Guys, Little Mountain Outfitters is a shop, an archery shop in Richland, Pennsylvania. They uh, specialize in setting you up with everything you need. But uh, you know anything from Matthews Prime, Bear Archery Products, PSE, over on through to Mission Crossbows, and a host of others. They're, they're a great resource for saddle hunting equipment or mobile hunting gear. They've got a, an entire room dedicated to letting you test things out and see if it's something that you would like to purchase or try. There's, uh, there's, there's also a list of just things you need to keep you going throughout the season, whether it's pre-season preparation or last minute uh, gear pickups for archery season. It's, a, it's just a great one-stop shop and you've got fantastic customer service. Uh, those guys are excellent boat technicians and I really recommend that you check them out the next time that you need to get tuned up or if you're looking to purchase a new piece of equipment. So with that, let's get rolling. All right, we're rolling, and tonight we are chatting with our friends to the west, uh, Mr. Paul Campbell from the O2 Podcast, as well as Brett Barry, fellas. Thanks for joining us, talking about all things fall turkey hunting. What's going on, guys?
2: Well, Everything. Mitch, thanks. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Yo, Brett. You're the, go you're ahead. the oh, Brett. Yo, Mitch, thanks, thanks for having me on, man. I I appreciate it, and uh, man, I I know a lot of people aren't thinking about turkeys. Uh, this time of year, deer season in Ohio, archery season starts on Saturday. Uh, I I think about turkeys and turkey hunting 365 this year. So I am I'm happy to talk about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. I I love fall turkey hunting, spring turkey hunting. Um, I'm I'm with you, Paul. I think about it 365 too. Uh, live for it, love it. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I forget when it was, Paul. I don't remember if it was, like, one of our network meetings or an email or just you and I texting back and forth, but we were texting back and forth about fall turkey hunting, and you mm. made the comment, like, the month of October belongs to turkeys, and like, I'm not thinking yeah. about archery hunting. And, I, I like, my heart kind of skipped the beat a little bit. Kind of <laughs> my, my eyes, like, kind of rolled back. It was kind of like an exorcism moment, like, going go, thinking about not deer hunting. But, I mean, there's yeah. uh, it, it's a great time to spend in the fall. I've, uh, I've done my fair share of fall turkey hunting, but if I don't have a buck tag filled, I just don't typically spend a ton of time. But, um, you know, you, you kind of shared with me your love and passion, Brett. I mean, you've been chasing turkeys for quite a while and you've had, uh, you've, you've just been a wealth of knowledge in the world of just turkeys in general. And I've, I truly believe like a lot of people love to turkey hunt, but they love that springtime turkey hunting. Cause it's, it's. Constant action—it's gobbling, it's exciting. I mean, it's like hunting whitetails in the rut. It's like the the best of the best. But I truly believe the best turkey hunters in the springtime are also the absolute best turkey hunters in the fall. I, I mean, because there's there's so much. Uh, I I personally think there's so many things that get overlooked in the springtime, just because we're looking for a hot tom that wants to gobble and, and, and play the play that you know play that cat and mouse game of, of just calling in and having that exciting you know textbook hunt so to speak so i mean uh, Brett i mean introduce yourself and, and kind of talk about your uh, just your absolute fascination with turkeys
0: well uh my name's Brett Berry i live in the northeast corner of ohio uh trumbull county um the the neat thing about where i live and where i grew up at we did not have wild turkeys when i grew up we had grouse and rabbits and and pheasant and deer. And that's what we hunted. I actually didn't see my first Turkey until I moved away to college down in Southern Ohio. I went to Hawking tech and that's where I seen my first Turkey and heard them gobbling and was fascinated with it and just dreamed of the day that I would be able to hunt them. And it was probably, uh, well, I graduated in 88 from college. Um, My first spring turkey season was in 1993 or 1994 when the the trapping and transferring program that the Ohio Division of Wildlife and the National Wild Turkey Federation worked in conjunction with relocating birds throughout the whole state of Ohio. We finally started getting turkeys showing up around where I grew up at. Um, I'll never forget the first time that I saw a wild turkey in the woods around my house. Uh, me and my uncle was standing in the woods looking for a spot to put a tree stand because gun season was a week away, and and that's what we were doing. And all of a sudden, a bird flew up into a tree about 80 yards from us and landed in the tree, and another one, and another one, and another one. And we stood there and looked, dumbfounded, like, oh, my God. That was the first turkeys that I saw in Trumbull County. Mm -hmm. I had heard that they had been trapping and transferring them and that there was a flock that was starting to be established but had never seen them um i went out and bought a lynch foolproof box call and started practicing with it within within a week of seeing them birds and so that was uh right around that was um about at the beginning or the end of november because our gun season was just getting ready to start and uh we deer hunted one of his relatives, one of his brother's properties that's up around where I live here in Bristolville that winter. And in the snow, I seen turkey tracks. So, of course, in February, I'm in the woods walking around the woods not knowing any better, running a box call, And believe it or not, I struck turkeys gobble and then called my first turkey in ever. And that, that very first February, um, I, I was hooked, hooked hook, line and sinker. Um, I went out and bought a friction call. I started renting every video I could. I became a member of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, I signed up to Turkey and Turkey Hunting Magazine, and I was off and running. And it has been, I've not looked back since. It's just been an absolute passion. Um, so after going through several springs, I couldn't wait for us to get a fall season. And it took, it took about eight years before we finally got a fall season in Trumbull County. And just to give you a little bit of insight, um with with that first fall season, I had patterned a flock of turkeys to a, a bean field, a food source. It wasn't far from my house. I went up and set up and actually called the flock in. They were calling, they were coming anyways. I could have never not even let a call out and they still would have showed up there at one point. Whether they would have been in gun range or not, I don't know. Um, but anyways, I called to them, they came in and I shot my first fall turkey, which was a bearded hen.
1: Your now, first fall turkey the, was a bearded hen.
0: It was, it was. Oh my goodness. Um, and there was actually two bearded hens in that flock too. Um, but the following fall, my uncle was hunting behind my house and he came out of the woods at dark, and said, a flock of turkeys roosted over your swamp. So I called off work, of course, for the <laughs> next morning. And I went back, and I sat under that roost as they were waking up. As it got light enough, just about time to fly down, I started screaming and running down through the woods. And and I scattered them, but it was a terrible scatter. <laughs> and uh, I set up. And, guys, I, I heard stuff that I had never heard in my life. Now, now mind you, I've only been turkey hunting. Now it's been right around 10 to 12 years. And uh, between spring and two years of fall, I heard birds whistling. I heard Kiki in. I heard Kiki runs. I heard an adult hen assembly yelping. I heard Jake's yelping and gobbling. And I, I didn't kill a bird. They were coming in around me flying from tree to tree. They regrouped pretty quickly and they moved off down through the woods and I walked out of the woods, just dumbfounded thinking I've been reading articles about fall turkey dogs. I wonder what would have happened if I would have had a dog that could have got a much better scatter. And, um, so, long story short, I went back into the woods that evening, sat under the roost, never even let out a call, and the turkeys come walking down through the woods, and I shot one. And I thought, there's got to be way more to this. There, there just I, There's just got to be way more to this. I walked up to the house, and I called Mr. John Burns and talked to him for a while, and I put my name on a list for a fall turkey dog. And he told me there was a year waiting list for that dog, and... um that was, that was right, right around the beginning of October. By the following spring, on Easter Sunday, I was on my way down to pick up my first turkey dog, and that was Tess. That was about 18 years ago, 19 years ago. Um, and we've been off and running since. It's, it's crazy. I, I can't even describe to people how passionate and how much excitement there is in fall turkey hunting. Everybody seems to think that, I mean, deer, deer hunters are always going to roll, and I think that's what what part of the problem is with fall turkey hunting, why it's so underutilized, because it competes with deer.
1: Oh, it and absolutely I'll, does. I mean, I'll be the first to raise my hand on that one and say it competes with deer. I mean, just from the sheer fact of the amount of time that I have, but even from the standpoint of, like, the places I hunt, like, the way that I would want to fall turkey hunt would negate the things I want to do for my deer hunting and chasing deer, because a lot of time, I'm... I want to be mobile Turkey hunting. And you kind of, you kind of talked a little bit about that. And I, I'm, I'm anxious to pick your brain on, on some of that and being mobile. And and like you talked about splitting flocks up and talking to birds in the fall. And I I mean, either of you guys weigh in on this, but I mean, my experience has been pretty significantly different communicating with birds in the fall compared to the spring. I mean, what, what do you guys feel?
2: I mean, Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely night and day, right? I mean, the, the, the sounds that Brett was talking about hearing in the fall woods, I mean, they're totally different. I mean, it's, it's, it's for, it's been my, my experience, Tom's, I mean, so think about it, like in the spring when we hunt them, we are exploiting the weakness of being in the breeding season, right? It's just like hunting the rut for, for deer. So it's, it's a totally different hunt. And I think it might be a little more challenging. It is more challenging. Oh, absolutely. All because you, you, you are, you are hunting an animal. One, they don't want to die anytime, right? But they really don't want to die because they're smart. It's the smartest point of the year for them. I mean, they're, they're tuned in. They're flocked up. They're together. The breeding season's over. I mean, there's all these things, it's just a different, it's a different breed. And if you take your, if you take your, your, your Primo's box call and you sit out in the woods in, in October, like you were in May, and call you. I mean, you might get a turkey to respond, uh, but it's just a different. It's a different breed, and and uh, I love it. I, I love it. And Brett, I mean, you you've you can really I think unpack a turkey hunt and how to do it better than anyone that uh, that I know. So.
0: But and and you're exactly right, Paul. The, the fall and spring, they're they're different. They're very different, but they're uniquely the same turkeys. Carry on conversations. Turkeys communicate amongst one another. Uh, you know, and I don't want to get sidetracked and start talking about other angles, but I learned really early on. with I had a, a Canon XL2 camera, and I was doing a lot of video on a roost footage video early in the spring. I'm talking like March uh, and very early April. And after going in on sitting on a lot of these roosts, in the morning, as they're waking up, and I start calling and interacting with them. And after I've gone into those individual roosts, and I had like five to seven of them that I would sit in over the over ten years, there were conversations with hens that I knew exactly what hen i was talking to if that makes sense to you the hen turkeys any turkey has their own unique individual voice just like we do just like you do paul just like i do we know who we're talking to uh, when we're having a conversation so do turkeys uh out of a flock of 18 in one particular crick bottom there was nine different hens that I could have named each one of them and knew who I was talking to. They all speak the exact same language, just like we do. So that rhythm and that cadence, So what I'm trying to say is once you get their language down, once you get that length of note, you the rhythm, the cadence down, it doesn't matter what you sound like, you're another turkey to them. They may not recognize you, because you're the new you're the new hen turkey that's that's there but it's the same thing it's the same thing in the fall once you learn how to communicate with them it's a conversation you're having you're trying to invite and it's just not a tom that is all love struck and wants to wants to breed wants to come in and breed the hand and be done with you and move on to the next one you're you're communicating with turkeys that are in survival mode now during the fall they're they're on those uh they're on the oak ridges that are feeding on acorns or you're patterning them to food source they're in survival mode and they're they're not stupid everything in the woods wants to kill them and eat them so you have to figure out a way to communicate with them if, if that makes sense does that make sense
1: oh it absolutely makes sense i mean communication is a big thing and i mean every game species that we target on the face of the earth lives and dies by its stomach right i mean f- food is i mean you hear that it, it's such a cliche i feel like you can make a drinking game out of it saying oh food is king food is king every time somebody <laughs> says that you could probably take a swig um but it's true and uh you can sort of see you know, you, you see that in the springtime, but you can also see a little bit of flexibility of that because of the breeding aspect of it. I mean, you know, I think about in the springtime, uh, if if I'm on a mid morning hunt and you know things kind of quiet down, uh, one of the first things I think about is food, and is there going to be a place where where I can hopefully intercept something and, and something just turns on and uh, I can call it in. But in the fall, I mean, that's a big deal. So I mean, I I'd really like from from your guys' perspective, I mean, you talked about a lot of stuff so far. We talked about communication. I think I'd love to work into that, but finding birds in the fall, like, what has been your guys' experience?
0: Oh, uh, in the fall, like right now, I'm looking for flocks from the road. I'm, I'm looking, checking food sources, fields, rainy days, check those fields, uh, try and locate as many different flocks as you can locate before the season comes in. Um, and, they're they're in they're hitting open fields right now that have been freshly cut. Uh, the hay's been taken off. Lots of grasshoppers. A lot of protein. Um, those are those are key. Walk the woods is check the the nuts here just started dropping. The white oaks are dropping right now. The pin oaks will be dropping here pretty quick. Go to those oak flats that you know of. Look for scratchings. Look for for sign that indicates what they are. I I look for. You you know a lot lot of people ask me how do you know kind of what flock you're targeting, Um, just by simply looking at the sign that's there. We we all know how to tell the difference between a hen track and a gobbler track. Um, We know how to tell the difference between the scat that they leave behind from hens to gobblers. Um, You can also tell by looking at the the uh, scratchings. Uh, scratchings in big open woods uh, that aren't close to trees or logs are most generally uh, hens and poults Um, when you start finding scratchings that are right up against the bases of trees and logs I've been taught that that is more likely gobblers Um, and over the years uh, that I've been fall turkey hunting stumbling on fresh scratchings like that and then having the dogs range down through the woods 500 yards barking and scattering them you're pretty you're pretty sure that it's a gobbler flock and when you set up and start calling you're mimicking the gobbler your gobbler yelping um you're gobbling at them your gobbler clocking at them and and that's what responds and comes in so th- those are just some things that you can do that will help you determine what fo- what flocks are there and roughly where they're at if that makes any sense um i do a lot of a lot of asking farmers knocking on doors um have you been seeing any turkeys and if you are where are they at a lot of the farmers that i been going to over the years as soon as i walk up and knock on their door and yep you can hunt and yeah we've been seeing a big flock but um on on our property that's three roads down you know and they'll, they'll tell you exactly where they're seeing them and what they're seeing so mm. uh ask your neighbors and your friends to tell you i've got a lot of guys that are calling and telling me that yeah i seen a flock over here i saw a flock there i saw a flock on grand river uh, mosquito public hunting you know uh just kind of jot down in the notebook what what you're hearing
2: and what you're seeing. Do you? I want to ask two questions, Mitch. Do you mind? I'm sorry. I have it Please do. Yeah. So, define what is what is a gobbler yelp? Because I think a lot of spring turkey hunters don't know what a gobbler yelp is, and that gobblers, especially for the new guys, they don't even know that the the gobblers yelp. They think the only vocalization of a of a male turkey is a, is a gobble. Yeah.
0: No, gobblers yelp and cluck. Um, gobblers are gobblers yelp. V- Similar to what a hen. It's it's a yelp, but it's a little bit slower and it's a lot coarser. Um a lot of hens got that real pretty raspy yelp that breaks over. Um I wish I'd have been more prepared. I'd have had some calls warmed up to try and demonstrate some. Though I'm not the best gobbler yelper in the world, but um you, you could at least you could hear the difference. Um it's definitely a lot slower and coarser. Um,
2: it's, it's kind of like an elongated yelp i guess it, it is way it's kind it, of yelp.
0: yeah yeah it, it, it just it breaks over a lot when you hear them you know that you you know that you're hearing a gobbler you've you've heard them before paul you know what oh, it yeah. sounds like
2: I, I remember the first time that i heard a gobbler yelp and this would have been probably like 2006 and it was in the spring and i'm like i don't know what that is and then i figured out because i saw the turkey across the ridge i'm like gobblers yelp i mean i had yeah. just started yeah. turkey yeah i've had yeah. birds do the same a, thing
1: like you have yeah, a, hot, a hot gobbler come in and he sees decoys and hangs up and well, yeah. he's, he's calling such to a, make yelp, sure everything's yelp. all right yep.
2: yeah it's a very yep. distinct yelp i mean so if you're if you're hunting and you hear something that sounds like a yelp you're like what is that that's probably a male turkey yep
0: hatch. yep and it's the same thing with the cluck too it's coarser yeah. it's harsher um yeah, there's there's no mistaking it most of the time. Now I will say this, that I, I did have a spring where I had birds on their limb, gobbling hard, flew down, and the prettiest prettiest ten yelp I ever heard in my life, I'm like, here they come. Birds are and I can see them coming. Here they come. They're walking in, they come walking in, and the leading bird has got the prettiest ten yelp I've ever heard. And as it and the bird behind it's gobbling and strutting and gobbling, and as they walk by it, 10 yards the lead bird that was doing the yelping was in fact an adult gobbler and it, and it just blew my mind that it had that pretty of a hen yelp that it completely fooled me but that there are exceptions to each rule too though you know what i mean sure so
1: yeah and Brett, if,
2: go, oh, ahead. go ahead K- keep Sorry. going no it's Paul. your keep show going. man hell i just love talking no you're turkey. the turkey man <laughs> go, go ahead
1: please do before so, you forget your
2: question so if I'm if I'm a spring turkey hunter and, and I'm I'm in the woods and I got tom's gobbling and I got hens yelping if I go to that exact same spot in the fall what are what are the odds that uh, that turkeys flocks of turkeys uh, you know what uh,
0: if I, I do fall turkey hunt a lot of the same woods as that I spring turkey hunt in and a lot of the woods and a lot of the years there are turkeys there too in the fall but the one thing to keep in mind is in the fall. It's food source, food source, food source, food source. Uh, beech nuts, pin oaks, white oaks, grasshoppers, soybeans, cornfields, cut, you know, corn. Um, they, are, they are keyed in on those different food sources. And a flock can be, uh, you see a lot more movement in, in, in the springtime. You've kind of, when you've got a gobbler locked down, you can hunt that gobbler for a week and he's going to be, he may not roost in the same tree every day, but he's going to be in the area. He's going to be close by. In the fall, it's totally different. In the fall, you might have a flock on a, on a, on a piece of property. And by the season, by the time the season comes in a week later or two weeks later, they're a mile and a half away. It And it's just solely on food source based on food source.
1: Yeah, like I said, that food source uh, that I've found has been a big deal. I mean, I've seen where uh beech nut crop you know, flip of a switch last year, a couple beechnut trees that I, I know on a specific property started dropping. And you know, you, you pull the cameras after fact that we we're in that area, and those, those birds were there on a on a routine basis every single day. And then by the time that beechnut crop was was eaten up, I mean, like a flip of a switch, they're gone. They're on to the next thing. Um, so you know, you talked about scouting. You talked about kind of mixed uh, you know, driving around, seeing birds from the road and stuff, and kind of a mixed ag situation and we have that here in pennsylvania but we also got a lot of big monotonous timber and you know you start talking about scouting in some of those areas and looking on oak flats and some of it might be relatively open woods and i've found a lot of the time when you're you're scouting and hunting in those locations while you you, you think you're, you're you're covered pretty well turkeys can just see so darn well and i kind of compare the, the fall hunting season to like the first week of spring season when it's still not leafed out and you're, you're walking around C- can you enlighten me on your thought process with scouting but not getting too carried away and, and chasing birds because uh, you know turkeys can see so well you walk in open woods you might not be able to see them, but they can definitely see you. I mean, kind of, what's your thought to that, Brad?
0: You know what? I don't, I don't really worry about that, Mitch. I just, um, I, I walk through, I do a quick walk through, I scout real quick. If I see sign, I mark it down. Uh, I move on. Uh, you're, you're really, you see, turkey's kind of, I, I really think that once you go into hunt mode, they, once you become a predator and you're acting like a predator, um that puts them on edge if you're just casually walking down through the woods I, i've walked down through the woods even on a actually a fall hunt or trying to get a dog into position because maybe the wind wasn't right and seeing them locked eyes with them they start moving off and running a little bit and they're just watching and they're moving quick and moving away from you and if you're not chasing them if you're moving away from them or if you you cut into a different direction, you're, you're not going to spook them. You're not going to run them off that food source where they're not going to be back there tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't worry about that mm. too much at all. Uh, I, I, I've only actually, uh, I don't know, I, I, maybe twice. I know of one time for sure where preseason I was running one of my dogs, broke a flock up, and went back to hunt them a week later, and they moved. 500 yards onto another property and I couldn't get to them and they never came back to where I broke. That, that is very rare, very, very, very rare. That doesn't happen to me that often. I'll hunt a particular flock uh several times and I might kill one out of that flock and move on to other spots and then come back in two weeks and check that flock again and we're back on them again and they're still in the same area. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that worry you.
1: That's really interesting, and you know it's it's kind of like the same thought I have when you're, you're doing anything else other than hunting. Like if you're driving equipment or trucks or anything like that, like I swear they don't care. I mean, I've been places where I've got yeah. a truck running, and they Ooh. walk right up to you, and it's like, really, like right. of all the, of all the things you, you make a make a jerk out of me, and you come up to the truck. But
0: well, you know, and the the funny thing about turkeys is. They have a, their brain's the size of a pea. They're really not smart animals. But what makes them so hard to hunt or to kill is they're wary. They trust nothing. They trust, they trust nothing. Uh, They, uh, I can't remember, it was a biologist explained to me about wild turkeys. Wild turkeys, like, you've never been in my house, but if you walked into my living room, it would take you several minutes to look around my living room and remember what is where, What where the end table's at, where the phone's at, where the couch is at. They say turkeys have that ability to walk into an area they've never been in and within seconds have it completely picked apart and know exactly what's there. It, it's amazing their eyesight and what their ability is to pick certain things out that just don't fit. Um, that's what makes them so hard to kill.
2: Hmm.
1: So we you were you were flirting with the the topic of uh of chasing them you're, you're you're getting close to uh the 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 topic of dogs and I want to touch on that because hunting with dogs in Pennsylvania is something that is relatively new within the past 10 years I believe that Pennsylvania legalized yes. that. Yeah. Um Paul yeah. I mm-hmm. I want to know your thought the first time that you heard that you can actually bust a flock up and that like so many spring turkeys don't hunters don't even know what that is so what was your reaction the first time you said somebody told you that you're going to bust this flock up and hunt them because i remember i remember
2: mine (laughs) i'm googling what kind of dog it is and i don't have to run as much in the fall i'm like how can i get one of these dogs and you know i I think it's great. I I I really do. I'm I'm fascinated with with hunting with dogs. I've I've never done it. I've never been fortunate enough to to do that and 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 hopefully uh Brett we can get that done this this fall but Yeah. I think for me man like the first the first time I heard like it was legal to hunt with dogs I'm like how do you do this? What well, like how how is this this possible and and you know you start watching videos on YouTube and you know, reading articles and and trying to find someone that that hunts. I mean, it, hell, for me, it's hard enough to find someone else that likes to fall turkey hunt. So let alone find someone that has a dog. I mean, it was like, uh you know, when I started working for the NWTF and I and I found all these fall turkey hunters. I'm like, man, yeah, this is this is awesome. Like this is this is really cool. So for me, I, it's it's just a turkey hunter. I'm like, it's just it's part of the experience, right? I mean, it's it's really part of the the history. Uh, of how turkey hunting just got started in this country and it was in the fall and 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 it was with dogs and uh i think it's need to continue and kind of carry that torch on of of really the people that that laid the foundation for the heritage of turkey hunting for all of us it started in the fall
0: absolutely 100% yeah, yeah i mean yeah, that was
1: so, so... stakehold across the country fall was first before spring season came in a lot of parts of the country right
2: yeah yeah i mean it was it was and, and i mean it was decades before a fall hunting before even one even anyone even considered to hunt a turkey in the spring i mean so think about this the only time that we hunt turkeys in the spring is during their like i mean you talk about the bell curve peak breeding and then and then season start i mean it's the only game animal that we hunt only in the spring only during like it's it's breeding season deer seasons are what five months long in ohio you know we've got and, and, you know, talk to, talk to a waterfowler about, Hey man, let's, let's hunt, let's hunt turkeys in the, in the or let's hunt ducks in the spring during nesting, breeding and nesting You get yeah. run out of any conversation yeah. <laughs> with, with a biologist, but like spring turkey hunting, we're like, hell yeah, man, because they're goblin us, you know, and, yeah. and it's neat. So it's the, it's the, if you think about it, it's the only game animal that we hunt solely during their peak breeding time. That's it. I mean, it's, there's no other, and it would be like having a three week deer season basically and well you unless they dirty. do
1: hunt bear in the spring sometimes that's a little different But well I'm that's either. true yeah
2: yeah so that's true and then and then but like the majority of us like the hunt, majority of us
1: like,
2: yeah we hunt we hunt during the spring but i'll tell you what man you get a good fall turkey hunter that's 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 deadly like like mr barry here man that's a good spring turkey hunter that's the best right there so, so. Uh, brett I, i'm i'm
1: anxious for you to kind of talk about What splitting a flock up means and talk about it from the perspective of dogs, but I got to tell this story. I think it's hysterical. So when, uh, when, when my dad and my uncles uh, started hunting with their dad, I mean, the, the, the tradition was they lined up like they were small game hunting and would walk till they found a flock and bust the flock up. And uh, they used to tell stories when they were kids of chasing turkeys all over the place and never sitting down, having these massive flocks that were busted up and never just took the time to just call them back in. And I'll never forget the first time when uh, my dad and my uncles kind of, Got old enough that they could, they could, uh, they, they learned some stuff on their own and said to my grandfather, Hey, we're going to sit down and we're going to call. And he was dumbfounded. Like, what do you mean you're going to call to him? We just chased him. <laughs> there's birds running everywhere, and you're going to call to hmm. him? Just wait, Pop. Gonna, and I, I'm pretty sure that first time they did that, I, I don't know if there was three or four of them, every single one of them killed a turkey, and they were just like, it was a huge aha moment, I guess, for, for some of the people in oh. the group. But, I mean, a lot of people that turkey hunt in the spring and call themselves a turkey hunter, like, don't even know what that is. So uh, Talk a little bit about splitting flocks up and what the reaction is for turkeys when that happens and then what the what what that ultimately entails for you as a hunter as an opportunity
0: well how it works is um, we go into permissions that i have uh, whether it be private property or public property Um, i'll go into a woods that i know holds a flock of turkeys Um, I, i may not know exactly where they're at but i have an idea and I checked the wind direction which is something that no nobody ever said that to me when i was getting into it nobody ever taught me that um i figured it out during training my dogs was wind direction is pretty critical for the dogs to help them find the flock um i've seen my dogs wind flocks of turkeys at over 300 yards that knew that they were there and where they were at from 300 yards away so how it works is we park we walk in i check the wind so if we've got a north wind I'll park down on the south end. I might park in the southeast corner or the uh, southwest corner, and I will approach that woods heading north, but with either an east or a west direction, you know, as kind of cross wind in it, mm-hmm. to let them dogs be able to win win those turkeys at a lot farther. They don't have to run as far, cover as much ground. Um, use their nose whether you know why they are covering some ground Um, they're they're taught and trained to range anywhere from 100 to 500 yards Um, I generally Mm -hmm. keep my dogs in around 200 is where I like them range. I don't like them ranging much farther than that unless they're on a break Um, and the reason is where I live out in Ohio I have a lot of smaller permissions that i have i might have 200 acres here 100 acres there i might have a 50 acre pot spot i got a 30 acre spot of property that i own and i just i stay on my own property the dogs range down through the woods until they wind turkeys and when they wind them they take off like a bat out of heck and they run right into the middle of it barking uh, a good turkey dog will s- circle that scatter site so when they first initial make contact with that flock Half will go in the air in different directions, and the other half may run off in groups of twos and threes. Uh, three run off to the west, and two run off to the east, and four run off to the north. They'll circle that scatter site, and they'll run them runners down. And it may take them 500 yards to catch those runners and get them in the air. And... By that time and I have GPS tracking collars on my dog So I know where they're at every six seconds it updates So I know exactly how far they are from me and not only that but I have an SD card loaded into my GPS So I know exactly whose property they're on and where they're at in relationship to any of the uh, Any of the features that show up um, in road cricks ditches, whatever Uh, so I know exactly where they're at so I make a note of when they first start barking I save a waypoint to where they're at, where they first started barking, and then I can still see them on the screen wherever they're headed, whatever direction they're going. And I'm working my way into that initial scatter site. And on my way in there, I'm looking. A lot of times you'll see turkeys flying over your head during the break. You'll see them run by you on the break. The way I do it we don't shoot them on the break. I don't let anybody load their gun with me until after we set up. So it's just another safety feature. Not only that, I don't want somebody shooting at a bird on the ground when my dog's out in front of us mm. somewhere barking, you know what I mean? It's just part of my safety thing. Um, it's just not about killing a Turkey for me that, I mean, the end result is I, I want to be successful. I want my hunters to be successful, but, but, there's more to it than just shooting a turkey you know what i mean on a break so we move up into the initial scatter site by then the dog's generally back and, and i can tell she's roaming she's working her way around me she's staying in close she's looking at me and it's like okay you can tell you've done your job it's done i look for a setup where i want to set up at and i am really anal about picking a setup a lot of guys flop down i've had guys that are hunting with me like come on let's just set up now i'm i'm looking for edges i'm looking for, for at least two preferably three edges to come together and that may take me 50 100 yards out of the initial scatter site but i'm i'm okay with that um, because those edges are critical for the way the turkeys work when they come working back in um, once i determine where we're going to set up i Open, uh, I pull out a, a camouflage duffel bag out of the back of my vest. I lay that down on the ground, and nine out of ten times, every one of my dogs, all five of them, over the years, they know what's coming. They, they're excited. They want in that bag, and they want sat down right now. So by the time I'm sitting down, they're crawling into my lap trying to get into that bag. Hmm. They go into a camo bag. I zip it shut. I leave their head out. I take a camo shirt. And lay over their head just to cover their eyes and their face and we set up we start calling them we start calling back so some of the things that I left out as I'm as you're walking up into that scatter site you're looking with for sign to try and determine what that flock is so in the fall you have four different flocks types you can have a hen pulp flock you can have an all-adult hen flock you can have an all-gobbler flock or you can have a mixed flock and it's critical to try and figure out what flock it is that you broke up. And sometimes you can see as the birds are running by if they're gobblers or if they're hens or if they're young, juvenile birds, um, because that's going to determine how you're going to start your conversation, what you're going to say, um, while you're trying to regroup these birds, why, why you're trying to get them to come to you to regroup. Um, if it's a gobbler flock, we'll start out with gobbler yelps. Um, I've had a lot of guys tell me when I first got into it, one of the main guys that I respected a lot told me that you sit down and you don't say a peep until you hear the first bird. And when you hear the first bird, then you start calling. Well, I don't do that and I've never done that. I didn't do that right out of the gate. I learned really fast that I want to be the first bird that anybody else hears because you might have a turkey 150 yards away sitting in a tree that has been sitting there and is waiting and is waiting and wants to regroup. When when you break a flock up, especially hen pulp flocks, they want to regroup quickly. They don't like being by themselves. Safety is in numbers. That's even with adult hens. That's even with gobblers. Um, so I want to be the first bird that any turkey in earshot can hear um, because If I wait until that first bird calls, there may be a bird 150 yards from me, like I said. And then the bird that first bird that it hears might be 150 yards further, you know, away from me and it's going to fly down and go straight away from me and go straight to that other bird. I've, I've actually had birds fly down through the woods when I, when I was calling Whistle and Kiki and as they're flying down through the woods and land 15 yards in front of us. So I think it's critical to be that first bird. Um, The neat thing about fall turkey hunting with dogs and getting a great break, this is an incredible opportunity to get kids involved in the outdoors kids involved in in turkey hunting because we can sit on a on a good break and pretty much have i won't say non-stop action but we'll have a lot of action over the course of four hours you could have anywhere from 10 to 15 different birds floating in floating by coming into your calling squirting off because they seen something they didn't like over the course of a four-hour hunt or a three hour hunt uh, last year on the first day of the season um, my good buddy Josh Grosenbacher and I teamed up and Kenzie got a break on turkeys and um, the first bird in I missed the second bird in I killed and the next three there was a uh, three different groups of birds came in that my buddy Josh missed all th- all three groups of them before we finally <laughs> said that's it man we're done you know we're done and um it, it's just it's absolutely incredible the amount of action that you can have um like I said earlier that that uh, from that very first time when that first crappy little break I did behind my house the stuff that you hear in the fall is is nothing like what you're gonna hear in the spring. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had some gobbler breaks where it was nonstop gobbling for an hour and a half. You got three different adult gobblers approaching your setup from three different directions, gobbling like it's the first day of spring. And I've had goblers sneak in and give you three harsh clucks before they step out from behind a log looking for their buddies. Uh, I've had them walk in just gobbler yelping, just screaming like a hen, but, uh, that real deep, coarse, harsh honking, uh, yelp as they're, as they're closing ground. Um, there, there's a lot to it. It's, it is really a lot of fun. There's no doubt about that.
1: I've, uh, I've, so you talked about the the quality of the break and that's something that I probably haven't got to experience in my lifetime. Every break that I've ever been a part of, we we broke the birds up or I broke the birds up, but it was never that, that 365 degrees around there was birds broke. A lot of the time it seemed like, you know, the emphasis of birds went one direction and i kind of based my setup off of that and uh, that was really interesting when you brought the dogs i didn't think like they actually you're saying the dogs actually are trained to the birds that are are staying runners to go up and flush those birds to make it the best break possible that is that correct
0: absolutely that is correct absolutely yeah they will and you know and people ask me how do you train them to do that so yeah, training a turkey dog is pretty easy right? Turkey dogs today are, you've got several, you've got quite a few different breeders out there that breed different turkey dogs. They have different, they have their own unique individual turkey dog line. Some are made up of English setter, English pointer, plot hounds. Some got English setter, English pointer, Irish setter. Some got English setter, Irish setter, uh, Gordon setter. Um, so there's all different makes of a turkey dog. Um, training them to, to lay quietly in a bag. That, that's on you. Getting them out there and training them and showing them what you want them to do as far as chasing turkeys and barking at turkeys, that's that bred into them, but that's something that you train them to do. How do you train a dog to circle around and scatter and pick up on any runners that ran off and scatter them? I, I, I don't know how to answer that question, but all five of my dogs are out of three different lines, and all five of them do that. It's crazy.
2: And yeah, that's so, that's so cool. I mean, just as you know, like Mitch, like you said, most of my breaks in the fall have been one either by accident. I just stumble across, you know, upon, you know, 25 turkeys and I, I you know, they just blow out in one direction or, mm-hmm. you know, I see him and I, and I start running as, as fast as I can. So that's uh, man, that sounds cool. You, you that's talk- what
0: makes dogs so cool. Well, I'm sorry about that. That's what makes dogs so cool though. They, they, they are so much faster. When when they hit that flock, it, it's chaotic. It's a predator. Those turkeys are not looking to see where their buddies went. They are they are in flight mode and they are just peeling out of there as quick and as far as they can get. Um, and then when 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 you have that dog running runners down and scattering them even more, the the break is so widespread that it's hours before they get back together. But there is some soft, subtle stuff that turkeys are doing to regroup off in a distance that we don't pick up on or hear because there's a lot of times where my, I know my dog got a, 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 an incredible break. And it's like there was turkeys went everywhere. And I'll sit there for an hour and finally get birds responded, And here comes a bird comes walking in and it's got their seven together that are already regrouped. And it's like, how, how did you guys do that? how it's just it's mind-blowing some of the soft subtle stuff that they're doing that they're picking up on um even even you can think about the spring how many times have you been walking through the woods you got a bird gobbling and you're trying to get into a better position and as and you're slipping in there you haven't heard him gobble for a little bit but then you're taking steps and the leaves are rustling a little bit and he gobbles at those footsteps um it's the same thing with turkeys. They're, they're picking up, they're keying in on, on footsteps, uh, scratchings in the leaves, um, soft, subtle plucks that, that we're not hearing it, that we can't hear at a hundred yards. You know what I mean? But they can. It's crazy.
1: It's absolutely crazy. You were talking about the setup, and you said you were very, very picky about how you choose a setup. And one of the things I've been doing, if I ever run into a situation like I've, I've gone with the the thought process, and I don't really have anything to to say otherwise to do this. This is just what I've done. I, I've always tried to stay close to the break site. I was I was taught, and I kind of thought. In my mind, that the closer you stay to the break site, that's kind of where they they last broke up. And that's not, now you talked about kind of getting sometimes you said like up, up to 150 yards away from the break site so I have, a, I have a i have a two-part question number one can you just go into a little bit more in depth about the setups that you look at after a break and maybe how long are you willing to allow that to take before you th- you say okay this is too long i need to get set up because birds might come back here and then the the the, se- the second part to that question is you know let's say you know somebody like me who doesn't run dogs and I have a crappy break and I might have 70% of the birds go east and then the other 30 kind of break off in other directions. Um, Does your logic of how you set up on that broken up flock change based on the way the
0: break was? Yeah. So this is what I would do in that case. I would set up so that I would stay close to that setup, that that initial scatter site. And I would set up in the direction that the three or four birds that went off in different directions went. I would set kind of facing that way. That big group that you said that went off to the north, they're probably going to hit the ground and be regrouped pretty quickly. They're still going to work in. They still will come back to that scatter site, but they're not going to call nearly as much. What I've found over the years is my most vocal birds are single birds. Once, once, and so I might have a bird coming from my west, and a bird coming from my east, and and a bird coming from the north. And as soon as two of those birds get together, they shut down. They're still working to a call. They're still working to to other audio uh, sounds that they're hearing that other turkeys are going to walking in the leaves, like scratching the leaves. They're still working and regrouping that way, but they shut down. You don't you don't hear them then. Um, so, that, that's how I would set up there, as, as far as what I'm talking about, the initial scatter site. So, it is ideal to sit pretty close to the initial scatter site. However, a lot of times, half that flock goes in the air from that initial scatter site, and the other half runs off in different directions, or maybe runs off in a, in a big group together. You can kind of split that and split the two groups. And set up there ideally Um, when I'm talking about maybe being removing myself from the scatter site even if it's a great break and they went all different directions uh, when I talk about trying to find those edges and I might be 150 yards away it is critical to set up on those edges because when turkeys are regrouping particularly when they're by themselves they're scared they want back together with their flock mates they're going to utilize just like, just like deer do, just like any animal. I mean, if you guys are trappers, animals are structure oriented. They like following that structure. So as if you've got three different wood lines in a field edge or two different wood lines in a field edge coming together, it's at that junction point that I want to set up at because those animals, those turkeys will follow those edges coming in, working to a call. And if there's anything that they see that they don't like, they can cut off out of that edge into a little bit of thick cover. Mm. Uh, that That's what I'm talking about, how I like to set up on it. And I, I've, I've shown that to several different guys that I've hunted with over the years that are like, well, can't we just sit right here? Well, the woods is wide open. The woods is wide open, and it's just like spring before the leaves start leafing out. When you get set up in a wide open woods, if, if you don't have decoys, and even if you do, spring, uh, fall turkey's... Don't decoy like spring turkeys do. Decoys do help. Don't get me wrong. And I do carry them when the woods is really, really open because it gives them something to look at. Okay, yep, I hear the calling and I see that I see that decoy. I see that hen turkey. Okay, I'm going to go to it. They they will come to them, but nothing like setting up a hen decoy or a jake decoy in the springtime. Um, so those setting up on those edges where they're comfortable coming, so that you can get them into that 20 to 30 yard shot. Is, is is somewhat easy. If you're sitting in a wide open woods, you're making your shots 60 to 70 yards because they're not going to walk down through the wide open woods while you're calling and not seeing a decoy or even seeing the decoy and not seeing that decoy move or come to them is a red flag.
2: Do mm. you think a decoy could be a hindrance in, in some scenarios in the fall?
0: You know, you know what? Well, oh, I carry them... I, I have, I have the back of my truck loaded with them. I've got, I usually carry two hand decoys and I always carry two gobbler decoys, two Jake decoys. And when I say I carry them, I have them in my truck. So depending on what flock I'm going after, I really like to use those Jake decoys, the Avian Jake decoys, of course, Jake decoys, if I have a. An adult gobbler flock, or even a jake flock, that I'm targeting, that I'm going after, those really seem to work a lot better. Um, I have, and and I don't want to deter you from not taking a decoy into a hen turkey decoy into the woods. It just they they don't seem to decoy the hens and the pults don't seem to decoy to those decoys as readily as gobblers do in the spring to a Jake decoy. You know what I mean? But do they, will they help? I still carry them from time to time and think that they do help. Um, but I never have those turkeys. Very rarely do I have a turkey walk right up to one of those hen decoys and like stand right beside it and look around like they do in the spring. In the fall, they're looking for responses from other turkeys. You know what I mean? They hear me calling, they're calling, we're calling back and forth, they're closing ground, all of a sudden there's a decoy there, they walk in about 40 yards, 30 yards, and they're looking at it, well, why isn't that thing coming to me too? I, I mean, they're they're not smart animals, but they're not stupid.
2: They know when something's wrong, it's been my experience. They may not know what it is they know something's not right absolutely and then they I just agree. run there's no there's no well what is that it's just yep.
0: gone. no they don't think about it man and no. that, that's that's where them edges come in come in really handy they're a lot more comfortable following that edge down you know and then if there's something that's just not kosher they take two steps they into that little bit of thick cover and they're gone yeah, you know I, and, and I, they feel
1: I can attest to that wholeheartedly. I was just going to add to that. I'll never forget. I broke a flock up one time on my way in to go archery bear hunting. And it was, again, it was a dumb luck situation. And all I had was my bow. So I set up on the ground with my bow and I'll never forget. I was calling to this, this lead hen. She had most of the flock together, but I, I kept, I didn't even have a turkey call. I was just whistling to this turkey to try to get it to come and it was it was pretty thick with laurel bushes in the woods that I was hunting. So it, it kinda gave me screen cover and she came running out And I came to full draw at at an opening, and I knew the distance. I thought, this is going to be perfect. And it was incredible that when she got to the open, she locked the brakes up. And I was pretty well covered. I was pretty well camouflaged. Not that it wasn't impossible for her to see me, but I wasn't moving. And she locked the brakes up. Like, I should be seeing a turkey by now. And it was that instantaneous, like, something is wrong here. Boop, she was out of there and i think I'm, i think I, I think i missed her I, of course or something stupid but anyway wow
0: yeah they they're not i mean they're not smart animals but they're not stupid either you know if they don't see that other turkey that turkey that's calling to them coming to them um something something's not right something's not kosher here and they, they'll they'll walk away calling sometimes too you know like hey i'm going this way and if you're coming catch up mm. we're out but like i said earlier though when you get a really good break on a on a good group of turkeys you could sit there and have 9 10 12 different opportunities at different birds that approach which makes it so neat to take kids because there's there's a lot of action there's a lot of different things for them to hear and see um, it's no big deal i've i've had guys hunting I had one guy, I had two guys that were sitting together on a, on a tree. I'm sitting right beside him, called calling a bird in, and uh, my buddy Kevin kills it. And his buddy starts, stands up, and we're getting a bird, and I'm talking to him, high-fiving and Good job, buddy. And I look over, and I said, where are you going? He's like, oh, we're done. I said, no, we're not even close to being done. What do you mean? He's like, oh, he shot the bird. There ain't going to be no other birds coming in here. I was like, sit down. Believe me, sit down. We sat down, and it wasn't 20 minutes later. Boom, here comes another one. (laughs) He couldn't get a shot. He couldn't get a shot. Half hour later, here comes two more. You know, 20 minutes later, here comes another one, and he finally killed one. Um, It's just nonstop action a lot of times. now there's been times, too, when we broke up a flock, and I never heard another peep from them, never saw them, and don't know what happened, don't know how they got back together. That's just part of it. That's why it's hunting.
1: One thing I'd really like you both to kind of – divest for me a little bit you brought up earlier brett flock type there's four four different types of flocks and while as an inexperienced of a fall hunter as i am i've noticed that there's definitely some differences communicating with those birds and the way they react when they're coming back in after they're they're broke up can you kind of hot like enlighten us a little bit on what your experience has been with flock types and then talk about maybe communication and, and if it differs from flock to flock.
0: Well, yeah, it's gonna be different from a hen flock. In a hen flock, you've got anywhere from one to three or four adult hens. You're you're not going to I, I don't want to kill one of the adults generally. I I won't I'll I'll not let somebody shoot an adult hen if they have a shot on a hen flock because there's a pecking order there and those poults are dependent on their survival on the adult hens. So when when you set up on a hen handful flock, we're generally targeting the young birds and you're, they're not yelping yet. They're doing what they, the Kiki run, the Kiki and the Kiki run where they're whistling and they're trying to learn how to yelp. They're getting crappy little yelps out from time to time. That's what you're doing. That's what you're mimicking. If that, one of those adult hens in that flock, the adult hen, the the, the boss, if she starts assembly yelping, you could have four different hen, uh, four different polts coming in, whistling from different directions, coming, and if she moves over, I've had it happen. That adult hen will walk right in, almost into my lap. You know, she's she just puts a tree in between me and her at forty-five, fifty yards, and she starts assembly yelping. And all those birds that are whistling Kiki shut down. And they're going to her on a dead run, on a dead run. And when they regroup with her, she walks off and and then it's over. You either got to re-break them or you got to go find another flock. Where when you break up a gobbler flock, um, gobbler flocks are a little bit harder. They're a little bit trickier. Um, Adult gobblers aren't. Real sad to be away from their buddies. I mean, safety's in numbers, but it could take two or three days for a gobbler flock to regroup. They just don't care. Now, with that said, I've I've sat on breaks on gobbler flocks and had a gobbler walk in and give me one clock before I killed him and had been sitting there for almost four hours. I've had gobbler flocks where I broke them up. Within a half hour, 35 minutes, have three different screaming adult gobblers. Screaming goblin coming from different directions or screaming yelping coming from different directions. So there, there's really no role to it. Um, it, it. They can be tough. They can, It can take a while and it can be quick and it can be fast. I mean, I've sat on, we, I had a gobbler flock three, three seasons ago that we broke up. Uh, 45 minutes into it, my buddy Matt Sice killed the first one come walking in screaming, yelping, and 40 minutes later, my buddy Kevin killed one, the second gobbler come in, yelping, and then an hour later, we had two different gobblers coming from different directions, and they joined up, shut down, and we never saw mm. That was it. That was the end of it. It was over. I think one of the hardest flocks to target and go after on a, on a break and recall back is adult hens. Um, i we've done it. We've killed some adult hens. Um, but they're just so much harder to call in and I don't know why. Um, you, you assembly, yelp, you lost, yelp, you cluck to them is mainly what you're doing. I mean, an adult hen flock that doesn't have any poultry or little ones in it aren't going to come into you whistling. They're not going to probably come into your gobbler yelping, um, which is the same token for gobblers. I mean, if you're trying to hen yelp or if you're whistling and key can, and it's a actually a gobbler flock that you broke up, you're not going to get a response. That that's something that I've done too, where if I don't know what the flock is, I didn't see enough sign to determine what the flock was. I had a flock that we broke up and. Uh, west virginia about seven years ago um, my dog cricket got a great break heard turkeys putting and cackling and flying and i did not see any we set up and i sat there for an hour uh whistling and yelping whistling and yelping and i and there was no response and that's pretty untypical um so i decided to uh, throw out a gobbler yelp and i gobbler yelped one time and i waited a second and i clucked real hard and i gobbler yelped again and boom Bird gobbles. I'm like, that's it. That's what happened. And we sat up and started calling and started working on gobbler, worked at gobbler for about 40 minutes, screaming gobbling, coming in and he'd fade away and he'd come in and, uh, started to fade away a little bit. I had my uncle slide up about 20 yards in front of me when he faded away the third time. I started, uh, gobbler yelping and gobbling at him and he turned around, and walked right back in and my uncle killed him. So there's, there's just certain things that you can do to keep in mind when you're set up and calling, if you're not getting a response because you thought that it was a hen pole flock, switch it up and gobbler yelp and, and continually try and adjust and maybe do some long assembly yelps or some lost hen yelps. Cause it may be an, an, all an adult
2: hen flock. I, what you're talking about is, is the number one thing that I freaking love about Turkey hunting and it's just the nuance that comes with it with every hunt i mean it could be it could be different minute to minute the birds are different there's so much personality and communication type i that's I, that's that's what keeps me coming back year after year spring animal yeah. it's just yes. the nuance yeah. and just the i mean you know you, you may think that you've got it right and then they just disappear you're like what did I right so, right yep and then you no know, it's just so hard to pattern them i mean deer you know, you, you can look at a map and like, okay, I've you know, reasonably there are going to be deer in this area, and turkeys, they can just be, like you said, five miles down the road in a 24-hour period, so.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yep, yeah. it's crazy. And you can, there's some, we've had some incredible fall hunts, too, you know, people like, oh, they don't gobble in the spring. Well, you know what, it's not, it's not just about the gobbling, it's not just about killing gobblers in the fall, but, I mean, every, I, a lot of people get get off on that. I mean, it's incredible to try and take an adult gobbler in the fall because they're very hard to kill. Them, they're in survival mode. Um, but to think that they don't gobble in the fall is crazy. They're that's part of the way they communicate. You know, um, I had I had a fall a couple years ago. It was that 30 acres I was talking about. A friend of mine was deer hunting. Uh, I let him deer hunt it and he called me when he came out of the woods and said nine gobblers flew up in the trees and landed around me tonight and i said where are they where's your tree stand at which tree stand were you in?" he said i was on the one that's just on the south edge right you know within 30 yards of your property line i'm like okay well i knew i couldn't take my dogs in there so because i didn't have permission from the neighbor the neighbor that joins my property to the south he doesn't allow me to hunt um he keeps it for him or his kids and and i respect that so i couldn't go in there in the morning with one of my dogs and risk having them break that flock up on his property so i slipped in in the dark set up two jake decoys sat down on the ground and waited for it to start getting daylight and uh the second gobbler yelp that i let out a bird gobbled and as it's getting lighter and lighter i gobbler yelp back at him again and another bird gobbled straight south of me and i got one goblin straight west of me and they fly down and they work in just this is october 31st and they walk in like it's the first day of spring just screaming gobbling it, it's crazy what you can hear in the, in the fall
1: I, i've that's experienced cool a lot crazier vocalizations in the fall kind of like you were talking about then in the spring it's just not something that's a uh... A regular everyday occurrence if you're not an an avid turkey hunter like you guys
0: right right exactly there's there's a lot to be learned in the fall um it's it's crazy
1: what what do you think like you you kind of came up through the ranks in your turkey hunting career Brett, hunting both the fall and the spring was there any anything that we didn't talk about tonight or anything that you did talk about you just want to emphasize like that really was just an aha moment when it came to fall turkey hunting for you whether that was uh differences in communication the the breaking up of the flocks like what really stands out to you as as taking it to the next level for fall turkey hunting success
0: i i'm gonna tell you that i think the most critical thing (laughs) when it comes to fall turkey hunting at after that break is your setup, picking the right setup. Because if you pick a setup that, that the turkeys aren't going to come to, you're kind of screwing yourself a little bit. If it's too open of a setup, you're, you're not going to be successful. Um, I really, really, really look hard at my setup, you know, and there's a lot of guys that I don't think know to do that or don't think to do that. I think that's definitely one of the really key things to do. As far as calling the turkeys, just make sure that you're really, really good at everything. As far as hen yelping, uh, clucking, um, whistling and key and learn that gobbler yelp. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there. Um, Just type in gobbler yelp, and you'll be amazed at what comes up on YouTube um practice with those with those youtube videos with you got a real uh, gobbler on that youtube video that's yelping throw a call in your mouth and practice and try and mimic them uh, the closer that you are the better you are at running a turkey call the more successful you're going to be
1: mm. what's you, Good what, stuff. both of you guys what is your uh what is the turkey gun of choice in the fall for you both
2: I use the same gun I use in the spring. I use a Browning A5, uh, and I run. I've just switched over to in the last like three or four years to TSS, the tungsten super shot. And, uh, I switched over to it just personally because it hits really hard. I mean, if you're, you're shooting at 40 yards, I mean, that stuff, it is, it is super accurate and it is game over. I mean, it's a very, very, very humane kill. Is that a 12 gauge? So, 12 gauge. Yep.
0: I'm shooting a brown in silver, uh, the Turkey the NWTF Turkey Federation gun. Um, I'm shooting three and a half magnum blends out of it, but I am right now currently switching over to the TSS. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a try. Um just because it's so much better. It really is. Um I have several turkey guns though. I have a uh Mossberg Aldi Mag and a 835 Aldi Mag and a 935. The 835. That's like if you come to hunt with me and, and I ask you point blank before we go, what gun are you shooting? Have you patterned it? And if you well, uh, yeah, I mean I shot it last spring or I shot it two springs ago. Um, I've killed one turkey with it. If if it if I don't like what I see, if if I don't like the choke tube, I sometimes some of them guys I check their choke tubes because. I don't want a guy, I don't want to call a group of turkeys in and, and have, you know, a guy shooting up, uh, you know, a, a, a modified choke tube in it and he wipes out five turkeys with one shot. I, you know, I, I I'm real critical about what gun the guys that come hunting with me are using, what their setup is and how confident they are in it. And if they're not, I handle my, my old trusty Mossberg 835 because it is a solid 45 yard gun with um, Federal six shot. It's it's just a really dependable. It's got a red dot on it. All they got to do is put the red dot on the on the turkey's neck, and that's where the center of the pattern's going.
1: Mm. Uh, up until last year, I believe it was last year, Pennsylvania was uh, was a state that you could use um shotguns or, or rifles in the fall season i believe last year was the first year that closed i mean ha- have you ever yeah. taken uh centerfire rimfire rifles in the fall season
0: i i have um i've done it going over and hunting with my buddy matt van Sice. um i have killed a couple in the fall with a rifle and it it is pretty neat it's uh it's another tool that you can have to use for your fall hunting um I prefer to shoot them with a shotgun. Um, I like to have men, you know, 25 to 30 yards at the most, you know, at the farthest 30. Um, I just like that shotgun feeling, um, killing them with shotguns. Do I agree with Pennsylvania taking rifles out of the fall turkey hunter's hands? I, I disagreed with that because um, you know what? we're we're in a battle right now that there's a movement, and it's not just Ohio, and it's not just Pennsylvania. It's, it's throughout the whole United States where they're trying to not just take days away from fall turkey hunters, but maybe even take fall turkey season totally away. And I have a problem with that. Um, when they took the rifles out of the hands of the guys in Pennsylvania, they took all those 60-year-old men that grew up squirrel hunting with a turkey call in their pocket during turkey season, and while they're squirrel hunting, they hear turkeys throw a call in their mouth and call a bird in and kill it with their rifle. Uh, I don't know what the numbers were that they were trying to save from eliminating rifles, but I, I can't think that it was probably more than two or three hundred turkeys statewide, which is really not a lot in my opinion you know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, you, so we talked about your, your rifles and you talked about some of the equipment with dogs, but give me the top three things in addition to your, your, your firearm of choice. That is just an absolute must when you go in the fall Turkey woods.
0: Oh, well, for me, it's definitely going to be my dogs. Um, i I absolutely want one of my dogs there for the fall hunting I need my gun and i need i definitely need some good mouth calls and I definitely need at least one friction call um and i and I can explain it i've I've been hunting got great breaks on flocks Be sitting there running uh whistling and yelping and know that it was a a, a hen pulled flock with a bunch of jakes that are mixed in there be sitting there whistling and calling and just not getting a response. And 40 minutes goes by, 50 minutes goes by and they're just not responding. And you pull an anodized aluminum call out of your pocket and start yelping on it. And I, I don't know what it is about that particular call, but uh, all of a sudden the woods just comes unglued and you can set that call down and go back to a mouth call and, and call in all you want. Uh, so I, I've that's, seen that in the spring
1: too. I'll never forget one time I called a, a gobbler in and I was a dummy. I was hunting with the bow, but anyway, I called this gobbler in, and he uh, he hung up on me, and he he kind of just turned around and went the other way that he came from. And my reaction was I got out of the stand location. I made a huge 300-yard loop and got on the other side of him where he came from and started calling to him. And he came in, and he hung up again. And I'll never forget, I watched him hang up. At the same time, one of my buddies who you know I was communicating with came in from a different angle, and he switched calls to a, to a friction call. And I literally watched that turkey on a, on a flip of a dime run to the direction of that new sounding call mm-hmm. and i don't know if it was location if it was duration of sound i don't know what it was and or and maybe none of us do but it is incredible how switching a call on turkeys can be the world of difference
0: yep absolutely absolutely yeah have try and have this you know plenty that you can switch from i always carry one friction call uh Anodized aluminum call, a box call, and probably about eight or nine or ten different mouth calls, because just you just don't know what's going to work and when it's going to work. Once you get them going, anything will work, but it's getting them going is the critical part.
1: Have you guys? I think for I, me. Oh, go ahead, go Paul. Please go. I say
2: I think the the one the one kind of weird thing that I bring into the woods, I. I I bring a seat in the fall and Brent, I don't know <laughs> if you, if you do that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I bring, I bring a chair, one of those turkey loungers because some of those sits, man, you're there for a long time. Yeah. So, and there's, you know, spring, yeah. I get, I get impatient. I'm there for like 30 minutes. I'm like, All right, I, I, I got to get up and move. Mm. Yeah. But fall, you definitely, you know, it's, uh, yeah. It's if you a get a, if you
0: get a good, great, a good
2: break on in the fall,
0: you could, you could be dug in there for, three four hours so it's comfort is definitely a must i i got a, a a nice turkey vest and a a nice cushion that i sat on just keeping my butt dry keeping it off the ground a little bit is is what
2: i need yeah and i think if you've got if you've got something comfortable you can really you know to kind of piggyback off of you know being picky about about the setups you can get creative with some of those setups you know when you've got when you've got a, a good comfy seat to sit in so
0: sure yep absolutely
1: yeah, comfort's going to keep you still, and there's no doubt about it. Moving is not uh, not something that's going to help you in the turkey woods.
0: No. And you know what? I've, I've, I've got one buddy of mine. His name's Kevin. Uh, yeah, We started turkey hunting together, and he had never spring turkey it, He'd never fall turkey it. And he decided that he wanted to try fall turkey hunting. And I took him one day, and we got a great break. And he was sitting off to my left shoulder where i i could see him out of my peripheral vision but i i would really have to turn my head to watch him and i'm calling i got birds coming from different directions coming and they're coming in and they're squirting away fast and i i finally turned my head and start watching him on the next one and he's fidgety he's moving and I finally stood up and said, Kevin, you you can't, you gotta hold still, buddy. You're not in a tree stand. This isn't. We're not deer hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're. Oh, I, my my back, my butt, my. You know. So I, I would say it was probably about three weeks and probably five breaks on different turkeys. And he's spooking them left and right. And I finally, the one day, said, You know what? I got you figured out. And he said, What's that? I said, This is a double bull blind, and you're carrying it. Yeah. And and this <laughs> is what we're using. And I swear to God, the first time that we took that blind, the dog broke up a flock. I popped that blind up, threw him in there. He could sit in a nice, comfortable chair and move all he wanted, and he killed a bird an hour later. So it was worth it.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I've kind of experienced very similar things. Now, obviously, you can't use dogs in the springtime, but I've heard people who have broke up flocks in the springtime. Have Have either of you guys ever tried that?
0: Uh, it's against the law in Ohio. Okay. Um, you are not allowed to use a dog to break turkeys. There's all I only know of one state, and there might be two that you can actually use dogs in the spring, and I, I believe Nebraska is one of them. Um, <clears throat> the only way that that would really come into play where it would be beneficial is that a dog gobbler that you're seeing in the field that's got eight and ten hens every day, and you're just not going to get to him um would be to break him and his flock up his hens up and scatter them um that would that would be an advantage in the springtime if you had that situation but with today's decoys today's blinds if you've got a if you got a gobbler that's meeting his hens in the middle of a field every day and he's got eight nine hens all you got to do is go out there and set up in the pitch black and and pop up a. uh, uh an adult gobbler decoy with a full strut decoy and you're likely going to kill him anyways that way
1: oh certainly and like i said i i, I know that I, I didn't even know that there was a state that would allow dog use in the spring i have i've heard that uh, i've heard i've never done this personally of people that would just break the flock up on their own in a situation like you just described maybe a, a flock of birds that were really really hand up and i would wondered if that was something that either of you had ever experienced
2: i've i've never i've never used that tactic in the in the spring i mean if i'm getting desperate it might be <laughs> it might be worth a worth a shot but yeah, yeah there's uh yeah, not not to, not pulled that trick out of the hat yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's illegal in most states. Um, the only I know Ohio, the only thing you can use a dog for in the spring is to track a wounded turkey, and oh. at that point the dog has to be on a leash. It cannot be run. It cannot be free ranging.
1: Interesting. I've heard of tracking with uh, white tails and big game, but I've never heard about it with uh. Well, turkeys are a big game, but I've never heard of it with turkeys.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just to clarify, I'm not, I'm not going to use a turkey dog to bring up a flock in in the springtime ever. uh, So, yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. And I I think it would defeat the purpose of why a lot of us like to uh, spring turkey hunt in the, in the one one thing I wanted to ask you, Brett, that just came back to my mind, you know, after you shoot, um, shoot a bird after a break and everything goes as planned. Uh, you know, we, I want to circle back to the dog. You know, you've got the dog set up in a duffel bag and kind of being quiet. I would think, uh, and that's just because I don't know how to train dogs worth a squat, but my dogs would go nuts after the, fi- the, 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 sound of the gun. What are your dogs doing throughout this whole process? Um, as a bird is called in and harvested and, and, you know, the hunt is kind of going through that phase.
0: I have a really bad hearing loss. Um, I have noise-induced hearing loss. I have 65% loss in both my ears. So, the neat thing with my dogs being right in my lap, nine out of ten times, I know turkeys are responding and coming long before I can hear them because they start shaking, they start trembling. I mean, you you can feel the excitement building. They know what's going on. They're hearing the, the birds responding, calling back. And then when I can start hearing them, they're hearing the walking in the leaves. They're hearing sticks break. Um, they're trembling the whole time. They're taught to stay still. They're not, they're taught not to move. I, I don't know if I could do it with my pup yet, but I know my other four I've done it before with where the neat thing with fall is you set up and I try and predict what direction the first turkey's going to come from and sometimes i'm right sometimes i'm wrong um i may set up to the north and all of a sudden we got birds coming from straight south of us and there have been times where i've told my dog to stay and i've actually crawled around the other side of the tree to shoot the bird coming in from behind me um, i allow my dogs the instant that the gun goes off to come out of the bag that so anybody that's hunting with me, I, I tell them that from the very get-go. When we sit down, if somebody – and I, and depending on who you are, nine out of ten times I only allow one shell in the gun. And it has cost us birds because somebody's pulled a trigger and shot, and the bird just stood there, and they didn't have a follow-up shell. But nine out of ten times my dog's out of the bag at that point, as soon as that gun goes off. That's their reward are doing what they do and I think that just re- reinforces what they're doing and why they're doing it why they're scattering turkeys um, I allow them to run up and run out and find that flopping bird and jump on it
1: gotcha Paul I've uh, I've you know we've been going on for a little over an hour here and I'm loving this conversation I don't want to be mindful of both your guys times but Paul I wouldn't mind you know you're you're definitely the turkey hunting man um, between the two of us um, is there things I'm missing in, in, asking Brett about fall turkey hunting? I'd, I'd like you to take the wheel for a little bit and ask him any questions and things I would have missed.
2: You know, I, I think the, the one thing that, that I am really curious about is I've had some success in the fall. I don't have a, a turkey dog. So Brett, what do you think are some, some tactics that, that, uh, the beginning fall turkey hunter or, or, or someone that's been doing it, you know, could, could do to really kind of take that next step without a dog
0: it, it it's kind of similar to springtime you know what I mean with if you don't have a dog <clears throat> you, you do your scouting you know that there's a flock of turkeys in a given woods you go in you move in you do a little bit of calling you listen you move down through the woods you call you head and look for and check those food sources where they're where those turkeys may have been keying in on uh, if you know that the, the the beach nuts are dropping I would work in that direction call and Calling and walking, calling and walking. And if you get them responding, set up, it is very possible to call the whole flock in. Um, we've done that before. Um, so you can do that. It's, you know, somewhat similar to springtime, just walking, calling, trying to get birds to respond, setting up and calling the whole flock in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, d- I think, I think, I think for me, the biggest, the biggest thing I, I, I it's just the the wait. I think for me, um, you know, if I if I run into a flock and I break them up, or or I can hear them and I know they're there, it's just man, it's just being patient in the fall because I feel like it just dude, that, that that whole thing takes a little longer to develop uh, yeah. than, it, than it does in the spring. Are you so, telling me
1: you're not very <laughs> patient, Paul?
2: <laughs> I'm not, man. Especially because you know it takes for me honestly, it takes a couple of hunts in the fall to get that spring mentality out of me. You know, I'm, like, I'm just like running through the woods. I'm like, all right, where are the goblin turkeys? Mm-hmm. And it's just because I'm excited to be turkey hunting again, you know? And, uh, and I just, I think for me over the years, it's just, you know, like you said, man, I'm, I am constantly just walking through the woods. I'm listening. That's the biggest thing, listening. I'm looking for sign. If I see fresh scratchings and it's a bunch of acorns, I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting, I'm, I'm yep. close. Yep. So yep. that's, that's the thing that I've, that I've always been looking for, man. I, I hone in on those food sources and uh, and just just try to find them where they're at. So, but I think I think you've done a good job, Mitch and Brett, of portraying you know what what uh, you know fall turkey hunting is all about. So,
1: I know a lot of guys have their their spring turkey tour. Do you guys have a fall turkey tour you go you're going on this year?
0: Brett, but, do you? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit. West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. Those are my three givens every year for sure yeah, that I hit. Good. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I, I hate to admit this because I am, uh, have, have kind of stopped deer hunting over the last few years, but I'm archery deer hunting four States this year. And that's the first wow. time that's, yeah, that that's, that that's never happened. And, and a lot of it is just, you know, through the podcast, you know, two podcasts and, and meeting people. So, you know, Fall turkey hunting, I, I'm going to do for sure Ohio. Uh, I'd like to work in a uh, you know trip out to PA and and and, and do some of that if, if if possible. So for sure Ohio, maybe Pennsylvania. Mm. Spring spring okay. that's a different that's a different story. I'm hunting every state that will sell a license that I can drive to. So well we'll get you up this way here this fall, Paul, for sure. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, Mitch, if
0: you want to come along too, you're welcome.
1: Hey, I will absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Pennsylvania season, I think our statewide season opens, I believe the somewhere in that range of the last five days of October, and kind of goes up towards bear season around the the third week in November. How long is Ohio's fall season
0: open? Well, we had we had seven weeks, and uh, the Division of Wildlife took two weeks away from us this year for the first time. So we'll have a five-week season this year. comes in October 8th is the first day, and it's in for five weeks. And I, I don't know the exact date of when it goes out. But it's October it's
2: in, October 12th to November 8th or something like that. Something
0: like that. No, it, it it starts 12th. October
2: 8th this year. Oh, there we go. Maybe October 12th yep. to November 12th. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. Google it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I think you're right. Uh, Paul, I think it's right around like November 12th. Yeah, I think, yeah, right I think yeah, yeah, it's
2: October, yeah, October Saturday, yeah. October 8th until uh, November 12th. Can you guys that, kill multiple birds in the fall out there?
0: No, no, no okay. just one.
2: Okay. And one, it's been, it's always been one, hasn't it, Brett?
0: Yes, it has. Okay. It's always been yeah. one. Yep. There's, one.
1: there's only a couple states, like I know I've hunted in Virginia in the springtime, and I know, like, I, I think your license in Virginia you get like you used to get like maybe you still do like three tags but i don't know some of the tags maybe all of them weren't designated to one season fall or this i can't remember how it was but i know it was kind of a lot different than i was used to yeah
0: yeah Yeah, some some states are different i've hunted michigan in the fall and michigan tags you apply for a tag (laughs) for a given unit and if you draw that tag once that once you draw a tag or the drawing is either you get one or you don't. Uh, whatever tags are left over after the drawing go on sale, and you're allowed to buy a tag a day until those tags are gone for that giving unit. So you could in in Michigan, I got friends that can walk into the woods with five turkey tags in their in their pocket and be able to shoot five turkeys wow. in a hole. So there are some states that are really, really still open to it. West, I. I I'm not sure how West, Wisconsin is. They do have a fall season. Um, it seems like they're similar to Michigan. I think there's there's tags that you can buy over the counter. I know there isn't a strength.
1: i, so. I got to ask you guys this question. that just popped in now because – you, you I, I've gone through this every spring. You, you get buddies or coffee shops or whatever you're talking to and conversing with people. That all oh, the, the turkey populations down. The turkey populations down. And there's definitely some supporting evidence and research saying that turkey populations across certain portions of the country are down. And there's a ton of reasons. And it doesn't seem like we have it completely figured out. But I'm really curious because I think when you hunt in the fall. I I think it's easier to see just by the dynamic and the habits of turkeys. Like you just have a better idea of like what the birds are doing or, or you're able to see more or maybe keep a tally on them. Like, so that whole, all being said, do you guys feel that, the turkeys you've hunted in the past, you know, course of your hunting career, are we really way down as some people believe we are in the places you're hunting like Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania? Is it not quite as doom and gloom? like what are your guys' thoughts?
2: Yeah, you know, so this is something that's that's very near and dear to me with my job. I get to talk about this all the time. I get to talk to people that are way smarter than me that that are doing the research and are turkey populations down across the country? Yes. Uh, there are a hundred reasons why. Uh, one of the reasons that I can't tell you is not a reason for that is, 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 fall turkey hunting. So I don't know the numbers in Pennsylvania and Brett, you know, you've heard me talk about this, but fall turkey hunting in the city of Ohio accounts for less than 1% of the total population harvested, right? So, you know, yep. when. When in, in the springtime, the biologists, they make the, the bag limits based off of the percentage from the year before taken compared to the, of, of harvested birds compared to the percentage of turkeys that they estimate to be on the landscape. So once that number hits 10%, then you'll see a reduction in bag limits in the spring. Fall turkey hunting, same thing, that 10%, if we ever hit that 10% threshold, they'll you know, get rid of it. I mean, we're talking less than one percent of turkeys. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and so and, and if you even if you dive into that even a little more, if you look at if you look at turkey harvest across Ohio, I'm sure Pennsylvania, Michigan, West Virginia, you know, a lot of these Midwestern states are the same. If you look at method of take, a lot of those are archery, or archery kills, and a lot of those turkeys are probably killed by people. I'm just speculating here. Probably killed by people that are that are deer hunting out of a tree stand secondary target so if you put that if you apply that you know just to ohio we're talking 300 turkeys in the fall right so right so i think i think fall turkey hunting uh a lot of people like well i I, i'm not going to kill a tom i want that tom to be there and hunt him in the spring that turkey has replaced himself like three to four times throughout that you know throughout his life cycle um so turkey hunting numbers are down uh there's they're slowly starting to peak we've got some really good hatches across uh you know just you know the the Great Lakes region Pennsylvania being one of those states so feel really good about that there's a lot of really good work going on I can assure you that fall turkey hunting is not one of the reasons that populations are down in any state in the country I can I can say that with 100 percent certainty
0: thank you so much for that sure I'm passionate about it man yeah, there are so many people that, you know, that's the first word out of anybody's mouth. It's a spring turkey hunter that doesn't fall turkey on. So what do you think the division can do? Don't take away fall. Take yeah. away fall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, 633 it's, it's, birds killed statewide in, in Ohio last fall. That's not yeah. the problem. That's not the yeah. issue. 48% of that 633 were, like you said, fall shot out of the tree stand by deer hunters as a secondary target. Uh, we're not the problem. <laughs> But there, There is some stuff going on that I hope that the biologists and uh, some of the scientists start digging in to try and figure out why there has been a decline throughout the whole United States over the last 20 years. Um, I, I, I think a lot has to do with – this is just my take on it, what I think. I, I think a lot has to do with some crappy springs. Uh, if you have a cold, wet spring, you're going to have a terrible hatch. Mm. The last two years – Last year and this year, we've had great hatches. Uh, matter of fact, Ohio, they just came out with the numbers. We were at three, three polts per hen this year, which is one of the highest that I've seen in, a, in many years, many years.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's big. And I'm going to, you know, Pennsylvania, I, I will say that, uh, the, the state chapter of the National Wild Turkey Federation and the state of Pennsylvania and Mitch and your listeners that listen listen from Pennsylvania, be proud of the work those people are doing, yep. uh, in your state. Man, there is a ton of work, conservation work. You know, we talk about acres conserved. I think the biggest thing that people want to hear about right now in turkey hunters, is just a very popular topic. It's a very needed topic is turkey turkey research. The state chapter, uh the N W T F in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Maryland, uh, Kentucky's in on it. There there's a ton of work. Uh there's gonna be a big brood nesting habitat, uh, or, uh excuse me, pole production and and uh and brood ha- habitat um research project going on starting in pennsylvania in february 2023 ohio That's awesome. same thing and so the nwtf has been a, a major partner with that with those organizations so you're going to see you know, there's a ton of people that are paying attention to the turkey populations uh in pennsylvania and, and around uh around the country and you're going to see some you're going to see some changes i think they're they're very necessary ohio we've made some changes to uh to the spring limits uh, I think we're that we're very needed. Um, a lot of the southern states, man, those guys are, are yelling from every tree that they can about turkey populations declining. There's been a lot of a lot of bag reductions and seasons, you know, pushing back, uh, you know. So I think there's there's a lot of smart people that are taking care of it. And, and Mitch, I can tell you, man, Pennsylvania is probably one of the better ones uh, in, in the country. So
1: that's awesome, at, to least, hear. at least
2: in terms of, of turkey Turkey management, populations, and research. Man, you got you guys really do have a, you have a good, you got you got a good group of people there.
1: That is fantastic to hear. I'm really excited to hear that. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot of positive things coming down the pike here when it comes to turkeys. I mean, I, I'm going to echo what Brett just said about the wet springs. You know, people love to talk about all the different aspects of why they think turkey populations are low, and you know what? There could be merit to the answer, but the thing that I I think the most is. It's a combination of a lot of things, most likely. But that yeah, wet spring sure. one is huge. And, you know, I, I, I remember springs very well because I'm a row crop agronomist. So every year that I can remember a crappy planting season for corn and soybeans, um, I, I remember vividly that 2017 especially was a year that I think for five weeks straight, I don't think the sun came out one time like i I, i'm exaggerating a little bit but i mean i remember so many issues in corn crops that year um and and bean crops for that matter and that exacerbated in 18 and 19 just cool wet lack of sunshine extreme moisture and that has a big impact on a hatch and of course there's a lot of other aspects of it you know you know degradation of habitat increasing in predators um you know there's there's controversy over in, insecticides in agriculture and in, insecticides in general and just the their overall aspect of like and and paul you could probably you know come up with an, an array of that just adds to that list of things that are a concern for the for the turkey population but yeah. it, it's definitely not just one thing but i mean i i no. definitely echo what you yeah. guys said
0: yeah. And and you add into the fact too that and I, I don't know if it's changed since I was in college. I went like I said, I went to Hawk and Tech and majored in fish management, but um it was wildlife management that I was that I was in for and I was taught at that time that turkey populations, so I'm talking about the whole turkey flock, pretty much turns over every three to four years. Yeah. That you have you have two bad spring, two bad hatches or three bad hatches and you're, you're hurting. Your flock is, is hurting. So that's something else that they have to look at and take into consideration.
2: Yeah. Think about that. That's, that's a big statement, Mitch. Every three or four years, those are brand new turkeys. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. And, and it really is, it's, it's a, you know, if, if you look at like Turkey management and survival and all of these things, it's like a circle. And then, and then every issue, cold, wet spring, raccoons, habitat, hunting, we play a role in it. Um, you know, all these things, you just take a little, a little bit out of that circle and that circle of survival just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. And that's kind of where we're at. But there is a lot of things to be really, uh, really happy about. And, and, and the future is bright. I think there's a lot of people, man, that are paying attention to the wild turkey in this country now. A lot of eyes are on it. So
1: exciting stuff down the pike. Yeah.
2: I could talk about this for hours, man. You better hit, you better <laughs> shut me <laughs> off. Don't get me on my soapbox. <laughs>
1: hey, I, I love it. you know what, why don't we just do it again here? Um, you know, we've, uh, we've been yeah. rolling the rolling this. I've loved this conversation. You know, fall Turkey hunting was something that I, I said in the beginning, I've, I've kind of written, I, I wouldn't say I've written it off, but I've done a whole lot less of it just because of my fascination deer. Um, yeah. Brett, you talking about hunting with dogs and experiencing really, really quality breaks. Um, you know, Watch what you wish for. There's a very good chance I'm going to contact you to come out and fall turkey hunt this year because that just sounds yeah. awesome.
0: Mitch, Mitch I, I I love taking people that have never done it. I strive I to get new people out every single fall. Every single new fall, I try and get at least one to two people out that have never done it, that have never tried it. I had a guy last year, this, this last fall, and I'll, I'll try and keep this story real, real quick. His name is paul nelson he i met him about five years ago he's a big turkey hunter he is 67 years old and i i told him that i would try and get him out when i could and had his phone number and last year somebody backed out couldn't come i called him at 11 o'clock in the morning and said hey i just had a guy back out you want to go oh my god yes i want to go i said i'll pick you up at noon he said, "Okay." So I went, picked him up. We went to one of his woods. I said, "Where do you want to go? You want to go PA's in? We can go hunt PA together." I don't have a tag in Ohio, but I—if I, you got a spot in Ohio and you got your tag, let's." He said, "Yep, I got a spot in Ohio. Let's go." We went into the woods and started walking down through the woods, and it was snow, and There was snow on the ground, and Josie took off, was two fifty barking. Then next thing I know, she's three hundred and fifty barking. Then she's five twenty barking. And we move up into the initial scatter site, and there's fresh scratchings, and they're right up at the bases get- of logs and trees. And I looked at Paul, and I said, Paul, she's breaking gobblers, and um, which is kind of a telltale sign when they do a straight line at 500 yards. and She's still 500 yards barking that gobblers like to run rather than fly. Long story short, I set up. And we start calling, and all of a sudden, we got two different gobblers coming from different directions. Gobbler yelping coming in. This big gobbler walks in 12 yards, right down his gun barrel, right out, following a nice little thick edge, steps right out. I'm looking over his shoulder, looking right down the gun barrel at this big gobbler. 12 yards, this gun goes click. <laughs> and the turkey runs on. And he's just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, Brett, I'm so sorry. Oh, my fall gobbler, my, oh, I've always... I've wanted to kill a gobbler in the fall my whole life. Oh my God. You know, and the point of it was the excitement that this guy had. So what ended up happening was the moment I called him and he agreed to go, he ran out back, shot his gun to make sure that it was on, didn't eject the empty hall. And when we got to the woods and he loaded his gun, when he went to, put a shell into the chamber he seen that hole in there and thought, oh my god i loaded my gun already i'm so excited he forgot to empty his gun you know take that empty mm. hall out that that's what it does to you that excitement at 67 years old this guy was ecstatic to do it and then yeah. um uh, he didn't kill but we had two other birds come in but he couldn't get shots at them and uh, a week later Uh, it was about four days later we slipped over in a pa broke up another flock and he was able to kill his first bird over one of my dogs uh in the fall so it's 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 new people that have never done it 67 years old never did it tried it and it's hooked for life now you know what i mean that's what it (sighs)
2: does to you yeah it's open. what a story doors open guys yeah what a story just remember that october belongs to turkey hunting mitch if well we can get to you
1: that. know what's driving me crazy is i i can't get out and the, my, october is always like out of all my months to deer hunt that's my favorite month to deer hunt and i'm doing it less and less just because of the phase of life so like it, it just irks me and just thinking about it but now like my wheels are turning like i i just enjoyed this conversation brett uh, Paul, thank you both for for coming on and chatting about this. I probably could go on for another hour and 45 minutes with you, but I got I got to cut you loose at some point or you're, you you <laughs> your 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 wives are going to kill me.
2: Yeah, Mitch, yep. thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, Mitch, thank you for having me too. I appreciate
0: it. Paul, thank you. My pleasure, Brett.